You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Oz Network. Talking about everybody's favourite show, Lost. Um, this is the orientation for Lost. So, if you've never been to Lost before, this is where you uh, learn all about it, and then maybe get drunk at the end of the day and have a bit of a party. Um, Although not anymore, I don't think it's really a thing here in Tasmania anymore, but that's very specific niche market I'm talking to there. Um, so, yeah, we're, we're talking about Lost, Orientation, and my name is Noah, and I married her! <laughs> and my name is Ben, and we saved the world for a while, that was lovely, now we're here, the end! Um, which pretty much sums up everything in this episode, but uh, this is... Um, orientation it's a lock centric episode written by uh one of my favorite lost writers an early season writer javier grillo quicks <coughs> and craig wright the craig oh, wright the everyone's oh, favorite yep. craig wright guy. uh and directed by longtime director jack bender um covering days 44 and 45 on the island uh and Boy, is this a doozy. This is a really good episode. Um, holds up so well. This is pretty much the end of kind of a trilogy of uh, the first three episodes kind of showing the hatch. And uh, I would definitely argue that this is easily one of the top 10, top 20 mythology-based episodes if you were going to do a list like that of Lost. Like, this is, in a sense, a game-changer. Like, this is kind of... Season one was the introduction to this show, and this episode is really where they expanded on the whole kind of back background and lore of the Lost universe. And yeah, so I remember it fondly from watching it the first time, as I imagine most people do. But apart from that, it's just a really emotional episode and some brilliant acting. So um, big fan of orientation, and I think it held up just as well on a rewatch. Uh, Lock episodes are normally good, unless he's pushing weed on some hippie commune or something but yeah really mythology based but also some great character stuff i i remember just the advertising for this and they showed that that bit all all the time of i think we're going to need to watch that again um yeah i think i mentioned that to you at the end of the last episode about is this the episode with that in it but um yeah i agree with everything you say i mean we get to see uh, like a third version of the same conversation that we've seen in the first two uh, episodes already (laughs) um but yeah, the lock stuff, like uh, particularly that scene in the car. Wow. Um, um, yeah, yeah I, it's I agree, and I think kind of uh, just the Jack acting too, like Matthew Fox as well. <laughs> the Jack ding. The Jack ding. The Jack ding. <laughs> That's our new. <laughs> the boot rule on the Jack ding. But yeah, it's great. And I, the, I just have to say, the whole time in this episode, uh, I was thinking about how squishy that chocolate must be in Kate's pants. So uh, I hope you were thinking the same. <laughs> I'm glad someone remembered. Um, yeah, so when she's pushing hard on that door, it's just chocolate everywhere. Um, but she, she will take a shower, and I think it's the next episode, isn't yeah, it? So, yeah. Um, so she washes out all that chocolate in the nasty areas. But um, can I just say... I, I freaking love this show. <laughs> I know we've said that before, but I've watched like up to episode seven, like just behind the scenes of in terms of us doing these recaps, and it's I really enjoy this show. It's addicting. Even the bad episodes are like really solid. Forty-two minutes of television. It's really addicting. It's kind of one of these shows that um, 
you know, this is to me one of these ones that really kind of started the whole binge watching craze. Because, like, I mean, I guess kind of at the time it didn't, but like, this is what I think I said to you, and I say to a lot of people. I was actually talking to my sister about this the other day because she was like, "Oh, you know, I've never won- I've never watched Lost before. Maybe I should." And I'm like, "It's a show that once you start watching, and it like really holds up well when you watch it closely together." And kind of like watch all these sort of, you know, binge watching it. And yeah, I mean, it's kind of as soon as I'm writing down notes and getting ready for these recaps, I'm wanting to do another one. So yeah, it's definitely, I agree. It's a kind of, I mean, this is only the third full rewatch I've ever done of it. And I'm already like sort of getting, getting hooked on it again, for sure. You're watching chronologically yeah. lost halfway through. <laughs> I'm confused. Um, I just saw I just saw Jacob and the man in black get born. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, come a long way from back when orientation felt like a big WTF moment of lost. Um, but let's get straight into it because there's a ton of stuff to get through on this episode. It's a packed 42 minutes um, after a drift where people were stuck at sea for 40 minutes. Um, but I think we can start with the flashback. Um, for these kind of Taylor's flashback on island things, we can kind of break it into thirds like we did last time. Uh, but we'll start with the flashback. Uh, which is Locke, so his third full flashback. Um, and basing it straight after, well, maybe not straight after, but after Deus Ex Machina, um, which Locke is now at, what was it, anger management class, is it? Or is it some sort of therapy, oh, group therapy? It's like a or? therapy for people who have, like, got family issues or something? I mean, I don't actually know <laughs> family and issues anonymous. I mean... <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> FIA. Um, <laughs> but it's picking up after he lost his kidney. Um, and this flashback is just brilliant because, like, every scene just holds up. Um, and it's, <laughs> I love kind of, not, I'm not going to say it's sassy lock, but angry lock. When <laughs> it is we have, sassy uh, lock, come on. <laughs> I don't know if she has a name, but we have this girl and. It's got a woman uh, on the other. I'll read about her here. Keep going. Uh, Francine! <laughs> Francine! Uh, <laughs> of course her name is Francine. Uh, so, so Francine, her, what was it, one of her, her mother, her alcoholic mother stole $30 from her, uh, which, you know, I would be annoyed about too, but in Locke's perspective, he's just treating this as a huge joke and an amazing Locke moment where he just starts laughing at her. Um, and, oh yeah, it does say her name in here. I've got it in my notes when, uh, the therapist is like, well, Francine feels that this is bad. And Locke says, well, Francine feels a little too much. <laughs> dick Locke. He's an absolute um, dick. And this is like, you know, imagine you go yeah. to Alcoholics Anonymous. And you're like, oh, boo-hoo, you want some alcohol. <laughs> like- <laughs> I, I do love this about Locke, though, because they really show just a completely different person to what we know. And it just adds to his really sad life but he's just getting angry and you want your damn $30 back I want my damn kidney back which is I was expecting him to get up his wallet and give her $30 (laughs) sometimes when I watch this I think that happens but apparently not it's a Mandela effect thing going on there I think (laughs) Um, but yeah so Locke still obviously is not recovered from his con man dad stealing his kidney Um, and we cut to outside where apparently Locke used to be a smoker that's yeah. the biggest shock of Locke, a lost, I think. Um, so is he's trying to theories? bum a cigarette. Is that in our theories? Like, you know, well, when did Locke give up smoking? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and he can't light it, so he's getting angry. And then we meet, it's Leela. Uh, we meet Helen. Um, Peg Bundy. <laughs> yeah, or... Uh, TV's Katie Seagal. <laughs> no, who's in... Uh, 
Sons of Anarchy. She's in that too. She's you know. like um, some. I've yeah. never watched it, but she was mom. like the matriarch of that, wasn't she, or something? Or uh, mum. I think isn't isn't she Anarchy. basically so well known? Yeah. We can just call her Katie Seagal. <laughs> <laughs> it's Katie Seagal. It's TV's Katie uh, Seagal. <laughs> Um, but yeah, Leela is here. Uh, so we're introduced to Helen, who I think is a great character. Um, she is kind of Locke's girlfriend, and we heard a bit about her in Walkabout. But this is something I kind of have an issue with Lost because in Walkabout, uh, uh, Helen was like the sex operator on the call line thing. So is is um, Helen? Like, did he purposely find someone called Helen just to be like her, or is that a coincidence? Doesn't he call her something else? Like, doesn't he say Helen and she says, like, oh, it's not Helen? Uh, Am I making that up, or...? You're making that up. (laughs) Yeah, well, I I thought, like, I think kind of first watching this... Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, I I kind of thought that, um... I always thought that the woman on that phone was. Um, But, I mean, I I, my I guess... I can understand why it's been, like, frustrating, but, I mean, I would just imagine that... When you ring up a phone sex line, a, f- a friend told me, you can tell them to be whoever they want to be. So, um, I mean, he probably talked to her. And, Hello, Helen. Yeah. You know, or it could just be a massive coincidence. <laughs> <laughs> that would be one of the bigger coincidences. Um, but they meet for the first time. I like that Locke had a girlfriend. So I think I. they're cute together. I like Helen. Um, Katie Seagal is always good. I love value. Katie Seagal. I love that woman. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, she's good. Um, TV's Katie Seagal. Um, and I think their meeting is great. There's some great mild flirting. Like, this is lost. We'll get to Shannon's episode, but this is how you develop a relationship. It's like one episode, and I'm already buying into Locke and Helen. Um, I love her line where she says, uh, if you get kidney cancer, you only have one. <laughs> <when he's smoking. laughs> Dick really Helen, funny but it's line. funny. Dick <laughs> Helen moment. Dick funny moment from Helen. Um and then followed by another dick Helen moment. I like bald guys. Yeah. <laughs> Lock. I'm not bald. I can wait. Um, it's kinda cute oh, though. Just, like I like it. It's yeah. Yeah, yeah it's it's cute. I'm reading my notes here. It says Mild flirting that actually works is what I've written. This is it. more than mildly flirting. This is like, they've got great chemistry. She wants him. She, she wants him. I mean, they clearly want him. She wants the girl. They go home that night together. So. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, Locke's getting lucky. Um, maybe for the first time in his life. Who knows? Yeah, is, um, is this in the sex article? Uh, is this pre-island sex? <laughs> <laughs> it would have to be, surely. Or, yeah. Maybe they never made it that far. Locke's a bit shy. Um... <laughs> But later on, the next bit, we have uh, Locke and Helen. Well, they obviously did something because he's in bed with her, but he's sneaking out in the middle of the night. Uh, and we have Locke and his little red buggy. Love the the Lockmobile. <laughs> the Lockmobile. <laughs> it's always fun. And he's outside Cooper's house, Anthony Cooper. He's deadbeat dad um, watching him. And we assume he's been doing this quite a bit after he stole his kidney. Uh, and then we get scumbag of the century himself, Cooper getting in the car, um, and they have a little talk, and oh, he's, he's just the worst. At first, I thought it was funny. Now it's just annoying. You thought it was funny? Uh, <laughs> you needed a father figure, and I needed a kidney. Get over it. Um, and then, John, don't come back. Mm. You're not wanted. Oh, my little heart. <laughs> it's just... The lock episodes are too emotional for me, I think. Well, just the just... bit that kills it is like, you know, kind of you think he's sort of just sitting there and he's just kind of like he's being very calm and, you know, the the Rodney model of the three C's. 
And then all of a sudden, it's just like, he gets out of the car and he just starts crying. And you're just like, oh, oh yeah. long. Poor- I've written here in my notes, amazing Terry O'Queen crying. <laughs> just, oh. he, he is, he, Terry O'Queen is so good in this episode. And just having him crying is just... And his dad telling him, you're not wanted. It's, I mean, I've said this before. I have a pretty decent relationship with my dad. But it's just, I can't see anyone not finding this emotional. It's just so sad. Like, he's already lost his kidney and his mom and his dad. And now oh, this is happening. Um, but we cut forward a few months and it's Locke and Helen's six-month anniversary. Uh, she gets him a present. She's one of those girlfriends. Like, oh, six months. I'm one of those um, boyfriends. Shut up. <laughs> Uh, and it's a key to her house, um, which, you know, moving somewhat quickly, I guess. I but, never get um, that. I never get the gift of a key. Like, if you're living separately, like, I would be kind of weird, like, if somebody just comes into my house that you doesn't live there. Like, if I'm willing to give you a key, just move in. Like, I don't, I don't understand the, oh, it's a token of trust. Like, no, don't go to my house during the day. <laughs> like, <laughs> And especially it was like, I've got your gift, like, ooh, chocolate. Yeah. And then, uh, uh, really? Okay, thanks. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a key, and there's only one condition. Uh, when you stay over, you stay over. Uh, so no more sneaking off in the middle of the night. Uh, which Locke promises he won't go to Anthony's anymore. Which, as we see in the next scene, uh, he does not live up to that, and he goes after him. Um, and Helen follows him this time, and we have a really good Katie Seagull uh, moment. She's really good in this episode where she basically takes his key, Dick Helen moment, uh, throws his keys over Cooper's gate, uh, and she gives him an ultimatum. It's either him or Helen, uh, and Helen says, well, that's why it's called a leap of faith, John, which kind of plays in with the on-island stuff in the episode and with Locke's whole character about it being a man of faith. Um, and in a sweet little end to the episode, Locke chooses Helen over, uh, his deadbeat dad. And we'll see how happy that storyline plays out in later Locke flashback episodes. I bet you they're going to be together forever. And this is just perfect. Um, that was a happy ending on Lost. Yeah. Uh, but I think it's a really, really good flashback. Jack's one was really good. This one's really good. So emotional. Terry O'Quinn is amazing. And uh, Anthony Cooper is just a big scumbag. And I like the introduction of Helen. It can, the one thing season two does pretty well is like, season one's the introduction to these characters. Then season two is all about expanding them. And so I like Helen being brought into the picture. Um, and I like... We're slowly getting to that point where Locke will be in a wheelchair and going off to the travel agents, trying to go on a walkabout. Um, but I think it's a great flashback that ties in really well with the episode. It's kind of interesting, isn't it, that, like, um, we've often talked about, like, I enjoy Kate episodes, but it's kind of like, you know, I guess, from what I was reading on this article I read about sort of ranking all the Lost episodes, they sort of were complaining that they drag out what Kate did for so long. Um, but it's kind of like, you think about Locke, like, they're dragging out why I was in a wheelchair for so <laughs> long, aren't they? Like... And I guess the difference is pretty much everyone likes Locke, right? And not many people <laughs> like Kate. Um, 
But yeah, I mean, I agree. I, I, you know, obviously Michael had a shit flashback. Um, but we've had good yeah. flashbacks so far this season. And I think it's fascinating that, like, uh, you know, growing up, I would sporadically watch Married with Children. Um, so I sort of knew, you know, Katie Seagal from that. And it's, I find it interesting that the two main stars of that, Katie Seagal and obviously Ed O'Neill, kind of both went on to be almost serious actors. Because Ed O'Neill wasn't even like one of those Law and Order shows for a while before he went into Modern Family. Like, I swear he, like, went on to be in some serious show for a while. But. Who knew that, like, Al and Peg Bundy could be such good actors? But um, this kind of annoys me, though. When she throws the keys over the um, the fence, how does he get them back? Like, it's like, that's my yeah. car, Helen. Like, yeah, well, does the buggy show up in another episode? I, I, yeah. one thing we have to keep an eye out. Well, there's an article on Lostpedia if we look at it. Um, but, yeah, I mean... I, I definitely feel for Locke here, like, kind of, like, when he's, like, going on, like, you know, I just, I can't, I don't know how, and, you know, that's just the way she's, like, it's called a leaf of faith, and you don't have to be alone. It's oh, Locke, Helen, you know, but, you know, notice how that when we've talked about the uh, ongoing relationships in Lost, and we talk about, you know, Jin and Son and Desmond and Penny, we don't often talk about <laughs> Locke and Helen. There's probably a reason behind that. But, um, but even in one episode, yeah. they have more chemistry and it's a better relationship than <laughs> Said and Sharon. Oh, God. Yay, we get more of um, them coming up soon, don't we? I mean, I've seen Katie Seagal in a range of things, but I can never not hear Leela, though. Mm. Because, you know, you're watching an animated show, you're just hearing only voices. So when I hear the voices... I think it took me a while to actually ever find out that that actually was her. I think I used to watch Futurama when I was younger and kind of like, cool. And then it kind of eventually found out. But to me, she's always Peg Bundy. I just guess kind of that was more of a, you know, thing. But yeah, I I know what you mean, though. You do still hear her when you're watching uh, Futurama. But I mean, yeah, she's been in so many things. Um, She has to be one of the more bigger... Uh, guest stars, I'd say. She's, yeah. she's one of these um, TV actors that kind of is like, you know, she's never... I mean, I'm sure she's been in movies, but she's one of these ones who is so renowned for TV, um, whereas she's just been in so many different things. But yeah, I'd agree. She's, she's got to be one of the, the biggest side I'm trying to think. people. There was Robert Patrick. Um, oh, I'm forgetting his Kimberly name. Joseph. What's the, <laughs> what's the guys in... Maybe Bones or something. He's in Firefly. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Is it Bones? I don't know. Yeah, he's, Bones, he's in Bones. Yeah. He's in one of those shows. No, I know what you're talking about. It is Blackhead Bones. guy. Yeah. Um, oh, what's his... God, I need to find this out now. Um, <laughs> he's, like, really famous. It's not um, Barry Annes. That was... Um, no, Barry Annes was uh, in Bones. No, he was, he was in um, Castle, not Bones. Because David Boreanaz oh. was in Castle, ah, uh, Bones. Castle and Bones is the same fucking show. Let's be honest. Nathan Fillion. Nathan Fillion. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, he he plays Kate's fiance. He's probably the most one of the most famous. Um, oh, Billy D. Williams. Yeah. Michelle Rodriguez. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but they don't often have like big name people, which I like. I like it when shows kind of have more unknowns. But um, yeah, Katie Scott would be up there. All right, so. Moving on to the island. So, this is going to be like a bit of a choose-your-own-adventure. Um, so, I'll give you the choice this time, Ben. Cool. Uh, want to talk about the raft crew and the introduction of the tailies, or do you want to talk about the big chunk of everything crazy that's happening with the main crew? Let's save the main crew to last, because I'm, you know, dying to see the same scene play out for the third time. So, let's go to the, <laughs> let's go to the tailies in the ground jail. Yeah, well, we can get through this pretty quickly because there's not a ton in this episode. It's more saved for episodes four, five, and six, but we uh, get a bit of an introduction. So we're picking up from the end of Adrift when we have Jin's others, others, <laughs> uh, 
And we have Echo coming in, beating the shit out of them with his Jesus stick. Just <laughs> completely crazy. Love Echo. Uh, terrifying if you do think that these are the others. Um, but yeah, there, we've got some great Echo stuff coming up. Um, not so much this episode, but in the next few. Um, God, I feel like we need to one day release all of our notes for these episodes. Because I'm just <laughs> reading this here. I, I've written here, group pit in a pit cage. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> okay. Thanks. Uh, so there's a group pit in a pit cage. Um, <laughs> Jin calls them the others. <laughs> <laughs> oh! Try to escape. Echo opens the cage. <laughs> Just a little insight into uh, my wonderful note writing there. Uh, but they're taken to this gr- uh, pit, uh, which. I guess I never really question why there's a pit cage, I but was... we do see the origins of them. Do we? Because like I'm thinking this whole time, like. Who has time to dig this neatly square cage? And where do they get the, the like, the cage bits? And, like, it's very elaborate, this ground prison. So it's kind of like, to me, it's like, if you think they're the others, fair enough. Like, you would understand. But, spoiler alert, they're not the others. So it's like, you know, do they, is, am I missing something here? I mean, does, is there an actual explanation for this? Yeah. I mean, you've watched up to episode six. I uh, persuade you to watch just one more episode. Okay. And, <laughs> and stop. This will That's be answered in full. Uh, <laughs> no, there's a very full explanation to this. Um, but if you want me to give you the answer now, it's it, Anna Lucia dug it. <laughs> it's all right. I literally see there's an article on Lostpedia for Tiger Pit. Uh, <laughs> it was dug by Anna Lucia, but we'll get to the reasons why she dug it in the next uh, episode seven. Yeah, which I can't, I can't wait I'm, to get. I'm to reading love it that now, episode. so yep. Um, <laughs> Somebody got a banana. They're they're stuck in the cage. At this point, we're thinking the others, and we don't really know who Echo is. They haven't named him. He's not really talking. Uh, but Echo opens the cage and throws down a girl, and then dun, 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 it's movies Michelle Rodriguez. Uh, <laughs> Who we Boo. did meet at the end of season one, Anna Lucia. I am, yeah, not in this episode because we've got other more important things to talk about, but I would definitely be defending Anna Lucia throughout Ugh. this rewatch. Uh, I know people already stopped watching when we def- listening when we defended Boone and Channel, hey, so they're not even going to get warranted. this point. <laughs> uh, but if they haven't stopped listening, then they'll stop listening when I start defending Anna Lucia. Um, don't worry, everyone, I won't. And- I don't like her. It's all good. And. Yeah, but I don't either. That's the thing. That's the... <laughs> wow. But I think, and I don't want to get into it this week, but that's the thing. I think people mistake not just not liking them for bad character, and I really don't think Anna Lucia is a badly written character, and I think they do some really good stuff with her. Um, she does fall into the same kind of tiger pit that Shannon falls into, that they make them a bit too unlikable, but... Uh, Again, I don't think she, she she's definitely not anywhere near my favourite characters, but I'll definitely defend her. I think people are way too harsh on her. Um, but anyway, they throw Anna Lucia down, and I think... I don't remember if I remembered her from the season one finale, because it was like a half a year. Um, so I reckon probably half the viewers remembered her, half didn't. Uh, but even if you did, I still feel like you would think these are the others, and they've like captured Anna Lucia, and she's been out here alone, because she kind of mentions that that she was out here on her own. She was on 8.15. Um, I don't know. Do you have any recollection of if you remembered her from yeah. the finale or yeah. too long? I, I remembered. I remembered. And I, I, yeah, for sure. Like, I believe that these are the others and that she was just captured and survived. And this, is, to me, was the first part where I'm like, oh, my God, the Taylors survived. Uh, I didn't call them the Taylors. I didn't know that was what they were called back then. But, like, yeah, I I remembered her from that. And I don't know if that just was a case because I'd seen Anna, uh, 
Michelle Rodriguez in other things before or, you know, things like that. But, yeah, and I, I kind of, I was, when I was watching this, this time around, I'm thinking, like, well, it's kind of clever on the writer's behalf to kind of do that. So for the people who do remember, you think this is a believable story. Like, if they just shove someone down there, like they had put Bernard down there, you're not going to know who he is. <laughs> um, so I think it's kind of clever how they do this. So for the audience, you're thinking, wow, the Taylors have survived and these other people are definitely the uh, the others. But then, like, obviously, when she gets a gun and escapes, you're like, oh, okay, what's going on here? So, um, yeah, I think it's very clever written and very well hidden from the audience the first time watching this yeah even if episodes four five and six are not the greatest of all time um i really like what they do with the taylor kind of plot line i think it's really clever and the way all the elements come together that by the time you watch episode seven the other 48 days everything just really ties up i think it's a really neatly done story um, I've always liked this kind of first half of season two about the Taylors getting back to the main camp. Um, but yeah, we introduced to Ana Lucia uh, and a great line from Sawyer. Uh, Next time, Shaft opens the cage. It's going to get a little howdy, <laughs> dude. Shaft is a great one. Um, uh, and then Ana Lucia's getting getting her cop on. She's talking to Sawyer about the gun. Um, and she gets the gun off him. Back up! This is typical Anna Lucia pointing guns at people and screaming her head off. Um, <laughs> and coming out! I, I, I always like, yeah, on that line. Coming out! Uh, not the best Michelle Rodriguez moment. Uh, and we have Echo letting Anna out of the cage. And that's pretty much it for the, the Taylor kind of storyline this week. So we get a little teaser of, oh, Anna Lucia's there. Um... And we get a bit of echo, but we still think they're the others at this moment. And we leave our raft survivors in a pit cage. Um, not as bad as the bear cage storyline. Uh, but yeah, I don't know if you have anything to add. There's not a lot. Next week will be the kind of core of it. But I guess it expands on it. And the scene where they're dragging them through the jungle still has the extras. So Bernard and T- TV's Kimberly Joseph and all that aren't aren't getting paid just yet. They'll get paid next week. But. It's interesting, though, that, like... I mean, I know they've been through a lot, Michael, Jin, and Sawyer at this point, um, but it's kind of like, do they not remember Ethan? Does, should they not have trust issues here to know that they have... The others have previously put themselves in the, you know, camp to pretend they're others? So, you know, like, she could have easily just been like, yeah, I'm flight rate 15. Like, you know, they're quick to trust her. Um, you know, it's not like Jack was there and Jack knew her. You know, so none of these three knew that she was actually on that plane. Like, I know the audience does, but um, so that's probably yeah. why they don't do the whole, like, oh, do, should we trust her or not? But, um, yeah, I mean, it's a great cliffhanger because, you know, again, we're kind of, we don't know till next week what, what the deal is. What is the deal with these people in the tiger cage? Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think it's kind of, at least we're remembering they're there, unlike the first episode. It's like, where are they on the raft? Um, but... Yeah, I mean, that's kind of uh, setting it up well. I, I agree with you. I think it's a very well-crafted uh, story. I really like uh, the other 48 days, and I think that's a good episode. Not there yet, but oh, anyway. Excited <laughs> to get to that. Um, I mean, just on them trusting her, there is a brief scene in that episode where she gets Echo to beat her up so that she looks a bit more like a prisoner or something. But, yeah. I mean, I guess Sawyer doesn't fully trust her. Um but when, when we get to Bernard, everyone trusts Bernard. No one could not trust Bernard. Um, so moving way across the island then, we're picking up with the, the third time we're seeing this conversation. See, um, seems, seems, this scene seems familiar. Yeah. I mean, these first three episodes really are like a trilogy um, that if this was a cable TV show of like 12 episodes, it would really be all condensed into one episode. But when we got 24 episodes, these three are... Uh, 
kind of drawn out into a trilogy rather than one. Um, but I like it how it works with these first three where we slowly get more pieces to the puzzle where this is kind of gives us all the answers uh, and a thousand more questions. But uh, So we're back where we left off, Jack, Locke, Desmond, um, and we get, now we know where Kate was. So she dumps down and grabs the gun, uh, knocks Desmond down, and in the process gets the computer shot. Um, nice one, Kate. All squishy in her pants. <laughs> yeah, chocolate everywhere. Uh, and we get Desmond, we're all going to die. Um, he's getting panicking now. He has to fix the computer, and we get a li- little brief moment. Do I know you? Um, <laughs> Do I know you? <laughs> now it's been a while since I watched this episode. I've written here Jack to lock. What is there a funny moment where he says what to lock? Uh, I think I think brilliant podcasting. I think he's I think Locke's staring at him. Uh, he's giving him. Like, oh, is a it look. after he says Do I know you? Yeah, and then locks on, and he's just like what? He's Ooh, like, Nothing. Faith. Jack. Yeah. Destiny. Yeah. That's, I've, I've written um, the same. I've written what? Nothing, Jack. So, <laughs> And then, um, you know, when when a piece of technology is broken, I mean, yeah, what are you going to do? There's no IT people around. Well, so, there's yeah. always one person who can <laughs> fix computers. Why does it Locke know? Locke knows everything else. Like, you what know, does he say? I haven't seen a computer like this 20, in 20 years. It's a Nigerian oh, computer. Oh, let me get... <laughs> <laughs> so, Saeed apparently is not only communications officer, but an IT dude. Um, I mean, I'm not sure how much technology is the same amongst, like, radios and computers, and but Saeed can do it. Uh, and then Kate's saying, well, there must be a front door, uh, <laughs> which is, yeah, there is. Be persistent. The door budge. Be careful with the snakes. Um <laughs> So Kate's running back to get Saeed. So there is a front door to this whole thing. I, I've heard people were complaining about this, like, oh, how could there be a, possibly be a front door? And they've been digging that up for weeks and they never found it. I mean, this would have to be in a whole other, like, freaking valley. Like, yeah. it's so deep down and then along and underground Which, that this front door would be nowhere near where they are with the hatch. Yeah, I mean, it's it's. I was kind of thinking that too, like, how... Does that go unnoticed? But, like, you're right. Like, I mean, this is a huge island. I mean, we see that, obviously, when the other people are trying to find their way to the other um, part of the island. But, um, and plus, it's pretty well hidden. Like, if you look at it in, it's, like, kind of buried in trees and shit. So, you know, unless you're specifically looking for it. I mean, how long did it took Boone dropping a flashlight to find the hatch? You know, they're not walking around the island going, oh, I bet you there's a door around here somewhere. They think they're on an island. There ain't no Google Maps on Lost Island either. So, it's like... (laughs) Can't just dial in the hatch door. Um, <laughs> Let's try it right now on Google Maps. I mean, Proud sponsor like, of the Oz Network. Anyone who's complaining about this, you just gotta just use your brain for a second. <laughs> You're walking through this jungle. You could so you could walk straight past this. Like all you have to do is be a. Uh, like 20 meters in an opposite direction and you're going to pass this and never think twice about anything like it's a whole freaking jungle here um i literally googled lost island on google maps and it comes up with lost island antique emporium in gormison road moona (laughs) (laughs) there you go there gets proud proud sponsor of the oz network Uh, Jack's getting angry. He wants answers. Um, and we have Desmond. You kind of mentioned it. He's telling his story. Uh, he got here. Kelvin was here. What are you doing? He's just saving the world, he says. Um, I love it. I love, I love the delivery of it, though, when he like he does oh. it. When he's kind of like going back and forth with it. And he's just like, he's panicking. And just the way he's kind of like, now we're here. The end. <laughs> yeah. 
De- uh, Henry and Cusick is so good in this episode, along with Matthew Fox and Terry O'Quinn. Um, but yeah, what I love about this is I remember fondly him telling this story just because it is so memorable. But then we actually get to see this, which is awesome. Like, and then you see in the season two finale, Kelvin, no, I'm just saving the world. is awesome that we actually then get to see it. Uh, but yeah, I love his delivery too. Then Kelvin died. Now here I am, all alone. <laughs> the end. He's so good. Uh, mad Scottish man in a hatch. Um, and then he says, you don't have to take my word for it. Uh, watch the film. <laughs> He's so casual. Watch the film. Behind turn of the screw. Yeah. <laughs> Projectors in the other room. <laughs> now, we should talk briefly about Desmond because this was supposed to be his last episode uh when he ran off that was supposed to be it he was supposed to be just a guest character to set up the hatch give them kind of the answers they need for it um but i remember and my brother still watched at the time we fell in love with desmond after three episodes we were devastated when he ran away we were hoping he would join the main cast um and that's what made it so exciting when he shows up in the season two finale and he gets a whole flashback and then even then we thought that was it for Desmond. And then he was like, oh, will he show up in season three? And then he did eventually become a regular, which was great. Um, but, you know, this is talking about, oh, did they have everything planned? What was made up as they went along? I mean, obviously the answer is a mixture of both. Um, but there's examples like Desmond, and we'll get to Ben as well, where, you know, I'm sure maybe they would have answered what happened to him. Like they, he would have showed up. And we see that he got killed by the others. I'm sure they would have addressed it, but he was never supposed to come back. And Henry and Cusick and the character of Desmond was so good that they made him a whole regular up until the end. One of the most important characters of the entire show, really. Um, And I think it's so easy to see why. In three episodes, it's amazing what he does with this character and what the writers do with this character. Um, So I fondly remember being devastated when he ran off. I'm not sure if you have any early memories of Desmond and thinking, oh, he should be a character or, oh, there goes that guy. I don't necessarily remember sort of the early memories of it, but yeah, I mean, I think like everybody with a brain fell in love with Desmond. I mean, he's one of the the best characters on this show. So yeah, it would have been so sad if he kind of was, you know, just a one-off character um but yeah it's it's kind of like you can almost see them doing that though with him because i i think kind of when he left i was like in the back of my mind was like oh you know i wonder what happened to him and then kind of when we eventually see him because don't we just see him on the boat drunk from memory is that when we next see him um so yeah that's kind of when that comes down to that like it's good that they sort of did that and to me at the time was like oh well you know good that they came back to him but um yeah i mean Anybody who watches this show for even an episode surely has got to fall in love with this guy. He's just incredible. Yeah. Uh, shame Henry Inc. He didn't really go on too much. Um, he's on, like, some TV show, The 100 or something. I've seen, like, two episodes. And, you know, that just made me appreciate really good writing because he plays a really boring, stable character. And you're like, oh, is he really that good? And obviously he is. But if you don't have good writing to work with, you... It's going to struggle to be good, even if you're a great actor. Yeah, he, um, I mean, he's, he's, he's decent in 24. He just is just different material that he's, he's going to play a bit more of a yeah. straight place, you know, character. And he's kind of German. So, um, yeah, I'm just reading his, he's, he's Peruvian. So he's Peruvian born Scottish. There's an interesting <laughs> conversation. <laughs> a connection, I should say. Where are you from? I'm from Peru. But this guy is so, like, down to earth, and so you see interviews with him, and he, he looks shy in front of the camera, and 
doesn't seem like a big shot. And I remember reading one of his, like a Reddit AMA, and he's just having conversations with people. And he's like, oh, yeah, I'm moving to Canada or something. And he's like, I love soccer. And then someone's like, oh, do you want to play soccer? We can meet here or something. He's like, yeah, <laughs> send me a message. We'll meet up and play some soccer. Like, he seems so down to earth and just so, not shy, but just so, like, doesn't want to be like a celebrity but not in a dick kind of way just like a oh i'm not a big very down to earth on person, TV. Yeah. yeah i just actually i've seen here that i knew, i thought i'd seen him something else and i randomly watched the pilot of the terrible tv version of the great movie rush hour i think i was on a plane once and i had like half an hour to go oh, was he? No. he was in the pilot of the first episode which I, I remember vaguely seeing him i think he might get killed in the first episode but yeah that TV series of Rush Hour was terrible. So, um, yeah, I think he plays. Je- he played Jesus at one point too. That's understandable. He does look like um, Jesus. <laughs> but yeah, this guy struck lucky so much with this character because uh, not only did he get to be a great guest role and then get to come back for four more seasons, but just I imagine as an actor, it must be so fulfilling getting to play a role like Desmond. Um, he was Jesus in a film called The Gospel of John. Yeah, probably won't watch it. Um, so we still need to watch our Santa. Uh, Colin's down. Rab- Colin's down. I know we're dating this episode in terms of the fact that we've probably released it already. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I just in time of recording this, at least I mentioned it to Colin, and he's right. down for it. Let's make it happen. Yep. <laughs> uh, so that's Desmond. We'll talk more about him, but it's just a great example of television can be unpredictable sometimes. Uh, not just lost when oh they didn't they made it up as they went along, but you know, things like this happen in TV shows where he's a guest character and he was so good they brought him back. Um, and we'll see the opposite with Mr. Echo. Um, so, apparently when you don't like Hawaii, that kind of ruins the show for the rest of us. Unless but, you're Boone. Um, you love it too much. They just get rid of you. <laughs> Hi, I'm yeah. in Summerholder. I live in Hawaii. No, you don't, Boone. Go away. Come on. Uh, Off you pop. So, this will be his last episode until the finale, but... You know, it's kind of weird because we have all these tailies, but it is weird to think that technically Desmond and Ben were in this season of Lost. Um, I kind of view them as season three as they're kind of becoming main characters, but they technically show up in season well, two. Ben's in it for a large portion of this season. Uh, he's right? in about six episodes. Henry Gale, four, sorry. Five. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so moving on, uh, don't take my word for it. Uh, watch the film the film so they've got the orientation in film uh, we'll get to that in a minute but uh we have hurley helping saeed back at the beach they're doing a bit of moving and kate coming together uh saeed saeed you have to come squishing chocolate everywhere <laughs> while she's running through the forest um, i like hurley is that where hurley's like on the beach with the dog just like oh it's just kind of nice for things to be a bit calm around here for once Sa- saeed saeed we need you <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah that's right uh, <laughs> A nice little example of lost humour. Um, and we have Locke setting up the projector. It's kind of weird. We're on an island watching Lost, but they're about to watch a movie. It's, this it's was a Jack bit of a Locke game changer. Jack and movie night. Let's get past yeah, the popcorn, movie night. John. <laughs> sure thing, Jack. <laughs> um, Netflix and chill. So, <laughs> Jack, Jack says this is insane. This is impossible. The whole Man of Science, Man of Thay thing. Uh, some great stuff here. We'll get to the end scene, which just blows my mind. But uh, Locke mentions, well, Desmond recognised you. Uh, now, that would be impossible. <laughs> and Jack just... <laughs> <laughs> Locke showing me up. <laughs> um, great Jack impersonation. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a leader! <laughs> uh, 
we'll get to that. I mean, Matthew Fox is great in this episode, but that just reminds me of it belonged to the man I killed. <laughs> uh, soap opera acting from Jack and Kate. Uh, so now we have the orientation film, which this absolute game changer for Lost. Uh, I remember this vividly watching it for the first time because, you know, the first two episodes are kind of big with the hatch and stuff like this, but this is what changes everything. Like season one Lost, it's all about introducing the island, introducing the characters. Now we're kind of expanding and we're going to get into the background of the island. And, you know, a lot of people thought the island was like Dharma was the answer to everything and this was going to be the big kind of thing we lost, that it was all like this experiment on an island with this initiative. It turned out Dharma is just another puzzle piece in the bigger picture. They weren't as important as maybe people speculated, but I remember this so well because I was so, I'm not going to say freaked out, but just weirded out the music and just seeing this old film like the do-do-do-do-do and like the scratchy footage and this weird Asian guy who's got a left arm that doesn't move and he's talking about the island and there's this mysterious Alva Hanso and this just blew my mind as I'm sure it blew most people's minds watching and you know I have to say if this is not in the top five of our moments at the end it's at least going to be even five <laughs> if we're allowed to do that again. the boon but, argument <laughs> uh, yeah <laughs> but I don't know if you're as high on this but this was such a groundbreaking moment for Lost, this orientation. And now we watch it because there's a hundred of these. You can watch all of them on YouTube. Now it's just like, oh, here's another one of those orientation films. But this just changed everything for Lost. Well, I think, yeah, I mean, in terms of the where this show is going to go f- through, I mean, the hatch was a big deal. Being inside the hatch is a big deal. But, I mean, just everything that's in this video, I mean, you know, obviously we're talking about the research. We kind of see a, a clip of a polar bear kind of, you know, going back on to explaining sort of what that was. Um, you know, the research, and then obviously, you know, we hear about there being an incident, um, you know, things like that, that it's, you know, and even just the, the little thing, how it starts off saying orientation three or five. So you're watching this yeah, going, well, are we going to see more of these? Like, you know, this is not just the one. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think this is, again, kind of what I always say about Lost, that people always give it shit for having so many unanswered questions. But, I mean, you just think of the extent and the level of what they go to kind of go into detail with this, because this is it Pierre Chang or whatever his name is. Like, we don't really see yeah. him properly, properly, do we, until a lot later, and yet they come back to this guy, and then, you know, just all the... We'll see other videos, and just even a bit of the... Pol- just it's so much in this, that if you know how this show's going to turn out, you can see in this video... Um, what's going to happen. And again, whether that comes down to they've written all this out and they know what's going to happen or they've just got a very smart person who, when they get to certain scenes, they go, oh, hang on a minute, remember an orientation when we showed this video, we should maybe put some stuff related to what we showed in that. So the fact that they've got that great continuity and just this short little video, I mean, how long does the video go for? Like two minutes, three minutes? Um, And it's just got so much in it in terms of the grand scheme of things. I mean, yeah, I'd agree with you. This is, you know, surely a final five moment. Um, And... It just And it's not that it's like a, a moment that, you know, it's not a, a major character's death moment or anything along those lines, but it's just in terms of setting the show up to what it's going to turn into. Because, again, really to this point, we're just with survivors on an island are trying to get off. And now we're seeing that, yeah, as you said, there's a whole lot more to this island than just the, you know, and we, we've sort of seen glimpses of it, but this is really starting to get into the, the heaviness of what it is. Mm-hmm. And I feel like this is, you know, because, yeah, this does bring 50 million questions with it, watching this video. Like, now you've got a whole new set of questions. Um, 
But I feel like this is season two, episode three, and they're giving us a whole chunk. This two-minute video is giving us a heap of new information about the mythology of Lost and the island and stuff like this, introducing the Dharma Initiative, which obviously we'll learn more about. Everyone assumed we would. Um, I don't think many people are assuming that this Asian guy showing up here would actually become a recurring character in real time on the show. And a father but, of one of the characters, Yeah, right? a father of one of the main... <laughs> I feel like that probably was not predictable, but I just remember thinking this was so strange and a big WTF, but also just so satisfying to get more. This is, season, this is what a second season should do. It should follow up and expand out. The characters should expand out and the mythology should expand out. Um, and, you know, I feel like a lot of it, the Dharma stuff could have been done more. I feel like there's more stories that they should have told that they didn't. But yeah, as you said, station three of, uh, you said five, I'm pretty sure it's six, but I wrote three or five here. I mean, sure. Uh, (laughs) I think it's six, but the problem is, uh, I think, I I think, I think I meant video three or five, not orientate, like not station. I think I think I I think I saw I saw six stations, but I think it was the third of five videos. If that makes sense. Um, well, yeah, I always get confused anyway because there's supposed to be six stations or something, but there's at least ten stations that show up in the show. So I don't know where they're getting the numbers. That was obviously an example of oh, and I've been in. We one want of to them. have more stations. That- which one have you been? I, to the Hydra. Well, I drove past one of them, and then we got to go in this thing, which. Um, is all done out like with movie props from all the different um, shows that were filmed in this ranch. But I remember asking the tour guide, I said, oh, was this, did they actually use this for filming? And they're like, oh, yeah, they used it in Lost and another one. There's, I think there was like sort of some jail cells in this one I was in. But there was a bit, I think it's kind of the one where like the exterior of the doors when they have like the baby, like when we see what happens to Claire. I'm pretty sure like that looked familiar to me. Oh, yeah. So like it's kind of, Star. it was a big bunker thing in the ground, but like there was lots of little areas of it when I'm walking through like, oh, and this looks familiar. So I've been in one of them. But, you know, you mentioned this video and stuff like that. This is one of those first examples of Lost of people DVRing it or filming it on their VHS and pausing and watching it because, you know, we mentioned Locke. We're going to need to watch that again. It's so true. There's just so much on a first watch, first glimpse. You really do need to watch this a second time to really... This is pre-YouTube. There's just so much he's YouTube's talking about. just starting around about this time, so... Yeah. I doubt this would have been on YouTube. Um, so, you know, you definitely need to watch that again because... And we'll see later on with the blast door map, you know, when the blue, like, UV lights come on. There's, like, a map on the wall, like... This is when people started to do that pausing and, like, looking at clues and stuff like that. Um, but they did some really cool stuff with the Dharma Initiative. I don't think we got it in Australia, but in America during commercial breaks. I'm not sure if it was for, during Lost or during other things. They had, like, ads for Dharma and stuff like that. Like, Lost was really kind of that first transmedia show of, you know, that was online kind of written things. It was... Uh, online games that told clues and stories about the show. There was the Dharma ads and stuff like that. Like, it really was, and there was the official Lost podcast. It really was the first show to really move beyond just the TV screen and branch out into different medias. Um, I'm not saying that other shows didn't have books and stuff like that. Like, I'm sure there's lots of like Star Trek books or something around. But 24 this did was a lot of that early on as well, but not like to the extent yeah, like, of what you're saying. TV those, shows yeah. had books but lost was the first one where they actually hired writers to plan out yeah 
like, I talked about the Valenzetti equation and stuff like that. None of that's in the show, but it's all still canon and related to it. Um, and you're, you're right to interrupt you quickly that it does, I just quickly looked at the video, it does say three of six, but it looks very, like a five. You've got to look carefully, but it is a six. <laughs> it is a six. <laughs> um, so, yeah, this video is so memorable. And I love that line. You talked about them playing it on the ads. It, it may be one of the most meta lines that Lost ever did. Uh, we're going to need to watch that again, <laughs> which is so great. And uh, Jack, and we're not watching that again. <laughs> I love uh, Jack. I'm not watching that again. It's tough to do. But, uh, yeah, during the video, there's also, he calls himself Marvin Candle. So that would be something interesting to keep an eye out on. Um, and there's a mention of electromagnetism, which I won't talk about now, but I, I think sometimes that's a bit of a cop-out for Lost. Like the, oh, yeah, electromagnetism, that's the explanation for things. But uh, And then, as you mentioned, the incident as well. So this was such a memorable, game-changing moment for Lost uh, early on in the season as well. Um, but moving back into it, uh, I've written here, Jack annoyed that Locker's going to watch it again. <laughs> uh, and then a great... Matthew Fox is amazing in this episode. Um, you never thought I'd say Matthew Fox no, amazing. I'm just in shock. <laughs> um, Terry Oakman as well, but when he's talking about, do you ever think they put it down here just to see if you would? The, all of this, the computer, the button, it's just a mind game, an experiment. Like He's so good uh, in that line and that moment where you know, Jack's man of science, man of faith thing is really being tested here and he's not having a... Jack is like, it's his time of the month during this episode. He's... <laughs> really not taking any of this well um and then i love desmond every single day um then desmond thinks he's fixed the computer blows up he's made it worse so he's like nah he's noping the hell out of that's here me that's me up. and my computer nah done <laughs> yeah i'm out of here uh so desmond's packing up and leaving so jack's jack runs after him so long no jack stay um <laughs> Locke, after he's lost uh, Walt and Boone, he's moving on to someone, Some trying to find someone else. Claire soon. Um, yeah, yeah, we'll get to that. And then a great Locke, what am I supposed to do? Um, and this is where we see the photo, so, isn't it? Where we see, and this is, is this one yeah. that you mentioned that they went back in the DVD and like re-edited it? Yeah. And I've never found out whether or not, the Australian viewing, they had fixed it by then because we obviously got the show months and months later, back in back when TV shows, uh, TV networks in Australia could do that without us getting annoyed with them because we didn't really know too much about what's happening in the American TV world. But I'm not, never sure if what we originally watched was Sonia Walga as Penny or if it was the other girl. But Is that photo online? Uh, the photo... Yeah, I've seen it once. I'm sure it's on the orientation Lostpedia page if you... I'm on it now. I, I can't... I mean, I'm scrolling through, but yeah, anyway. Or I'm sure there's a Wikipedia page for a Desmond and Penny photo. Um, that's not even a joke. I'm sure there would be a Lostpedia page. Um, so we have Cy, Kate, and Hurley showing up. Uh, Hurley finds the pantry because, of course, the fat guy has to find the food and that has to be a plot line. Um, Which always annoys me a little bit. Yeah, and they're like, did you find it? Uh, depends what you mean by it. <laughs> um, we had Desmond running through the jungle. Um, now, this scene, this is kind of not interesting. <laughs> uh, they, I remember for season two, they showed a kind of coming up on season two of Lost in Australia, and they showed like a montage of what's going to happen in the season. And they showed this clip of Desmond running, and I always thought it was Sawyer. 
because it's just a glimpse and we hadn't met Desmond at that point. So I always thought they had spoiled the show that Sawyer ends up back on the island, uh, but it wasn't even Sawyer. What season of Survivor? Was that San Juan del Sur where they had that random thing where they're like, this season yeah. on Survivor? Like, no, I don't get well, like when there's the long going thing that I keep getting and they've stopped doing it now thankfully we're up to on third watch but there was a huge portion of season one of third watch where you legitimately got the previously on third watch and you got the tonight on third watch and they showed like a 30 second clip of what's happening I'm like what is the point of this like we've just seen like ads all week on NBC for you know on an all new third watch like tonight on third like it just spoils it for you because you know somebody's going to be in yeah. peril so it's like oh he's going to fall over at some point yeah, we'll get to Channel 7 and Shannon's death. Um, <laughs> I'll talk about that when we get to it. But um, <laughs> This week on Lost, someone will die. Gee, thanks. Bang, Shannon. Um, well, that was uh, not, as bad as that the, not as bad as the, uh, I know I've said it plenty of times, the 24 one, the episode in season two where Jack Bauer's heart stop. One thing we will guarantee, Jack Bauer will die. That's 24, Sunday night on Channel 7. God, I hate television. <laughs> I like television shows. I hate television. Uh, but Jack's running after him, and Jack's really got something up his butt this week. He's um, pointing a gun at Desmond. Um, Desmond doesn't care. I love Desmond's attitude to guns. He just doesn't well, care. Well, <laughs> I mean, I guess he thinks the world is about to end, and he's running like crazy to get to his boat, so it's understandable. Uh, and he's saying, nothing is going to happen. You're... You push a button on faith alone. Uh, and really, sh- great acting. Shouting, yeah, what's wrong great. with you? You don't even know what you're running from. I love him. He's so um, good. I, I honestly, I'm watching this. I'm thinking, Noah's going to hate this scene. Noah's got to complain. But like, I think he's brilliant in this scene here. Yeah, he's so good. Uh, Terror Queen and him, like, what makes it so good is neither of them are holding the kind of holding the show up at this point. Both of them in this episode are playing off each other so well. This man of science, man of faith thing. It's really just a sequel to that episode in turn thematically. And the viewers, um, like, because, I mean, like, I'm sure you at the time were thinking the same thing. And this is what, from the viewers' eyes, we're, we're siding with either Lock or Jack, aren't we? We're thinking, like, oh, it's a social experiment. I'm so believing Jack here. Oh, no, it's faith. Like, believe in, you know, Lock. So, and I think I was probably more Jack's side. I'm thinking, oh, this is such a bullshit. This social experiment, you know, get them down here. So, I think that's what it does really well as well. Uh, this episode, because we didn't talk about it in season episode one or two, but we really do need to at least briefly talk about the hatch in terms of viewers, because um, it isn't, it brings an interesting dilemma into the show. Because you're exactly right, as viewers, it's like um, where we don't know. Mm. Maybe the will blow up, and maybe this is what Lost is all about. It's all about this kind of thing, or they are just pushing this for nothing, and we don't know until the finale. But um, I feel like the hatch is an interesting one because a lot of people were angry they didn't either answer things or weren't satisfied with a lot of answers in Lost. The Hatch was one of the biggest mysteries, and I find it interesting because I feel like it may be the only mystery that pretty much was universally accepted. I think most people were like, oh, a Scottish man in an old bunker, and there's (laughs) this computer that you have to push every 108 minutes. I feel like there was no one... Maybe this is pre-internet days or pre-like Reddit, but maybe now there'll be people typing, oh, this is so dumb, I can't believe they did this. Uh, But I feel like this is maybe one of the most universally accepted things. I remember watching it and 
didn't feel disappointed with the answer of what was in the hat. Well, yeah, and I think kind of a little, like, there's obviously a lot of um, questions and things like that too with it that sort of, they're loosely sort of answered. Like, I like that line when, um, you know, Jack's questioning Desmond and he's all like, oh, how did you not know about the, cr- the plane crash, you know, and that we were up there? And he's just kind of like, well, I don't really get in contact with the outside world much. I don't get out much, you know, and I kind of like, um, is it this one where they sort of mention about like, oh, how does he sleep? And they're kind of like, oh, we don't know. We don't, like, just sort of, you know, because I'm wondering that. How does he sleep for 100 minutes? These are all questions I thought about yeah. back in the day. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I I don't think this is when I watched it, did I ever think, like, oh, that's a terrible thing that that was in the hatch. I mean, again, as we talked about a few episodes ago, I don't necessarily think I went to the exact notion of, oh, there's definitely a Scottish man in there. Um, But, yeah, I, I mean, I think I, I was satisfied with it. Yeah, but what makes it so good is no one could predict it, like, yeah, maybe people predicted there would be food and there would be like a bunker, World War Two or something down there. But no one could predict there would be a computer that you push in these numbers every 108 minutes or the world will just be destroyed. Like, that is just too crazy that no one would ever think of that. So that's what I think made it good was it wasn't like, ah. Oh. It was what half the viewership was thinking it was, a turtle shell. Like, it was... <laughs> It was unpredictable and, uh, oh, okay. Um, but, yeah, I think probably the most universally satisfied or uh, amongst viewers was the Hatch mystery. Um, but we have Desmond and he now remembers Jack um, and he talks about Sarah and what did you do? <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm not complaining about the Jack stuff here, but I do. I married her. I never liked that line. Um <laughs> And then Desmond, uh, see you in another life year, and he runs off. He's getting away. And uh, we thought that was the end for Desmond, but turns out he'll become one of the most interesting and important characters of the show. Uh, so back at the hatch, which, you know, we'll call it the hatch, but can we just mention how dumb it is kind of when people call it the hatch? Um, you know, I get why maybe the island people would call it the hatch because there was a hatch, but a hatch is a door or like a... An opening. What does um, Locke say on the plane? A hatch. Four sides of the plane, Saeed. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it's fine for, like, the survivors, but what irks me is when, like, Juliet or someone will say, oh, it's in the hatch. It's the swan, or, right? That's what they should be This calling. is another hatch. Yeah, or the station. Or, like, it doesn't annoy me too much, and we'll call it the hatch, but, you know, they really should be calling it the station or the swan or, like... Don't get me started when the uh, Juliet calls the others others like that. Like, who are they? They're others. Like Juliet, you don't call the others others. Um, just a small minor irk, I guess. Um, so uh, Kate gets the power up. The counter's ticking down. I've written here, IT guy, Saeed fixes computer. Uh, so Locke is going to type in the code, and Hurley's like, no, you can't do this. Hugo, this is not the time. I think this is the time. <laughs> Which is uh, the only then... reason why Hurley is there, right? Like, I mean, there's no other reason for <laughs> Hurley to be here other than to bitch about the numbers and be the fat guy who finds the food. Uh, but then uh, Locke gets the number wrong, so Dick Hurley moment. Oh, no, no, keep going. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I forget what I said. Uh, he writes in 32, uh, and then Jack shows up. It's not 32. Desmond, he showed me. Now, from this moment onwards, maybe one of the greatest scenes I've lost ever in terms of acting and just dramatic tension. Like, 
really, this is so tense. And I rewatched this scene today. Um, it's just so good. This Jack and Locke, this sums up their relationship so much. Uh, Locke wants Jack to push the button. Uh, he doesn't want to do it. And Jack says to Locke, why do you find it so hard to believe? Uh, why do you find it so... Uh, no, it's Locke says, why do you find it so hard to believe? And Jack says, why do you find it so easy? Mm. And Locke, it's never been easy. It's just so amazing. Like, I would... I know two from one episode, but I would probably put this in the top five of the season as well. And I mean, season two doesn't have as many great moments as season one, but just the acting between these two and the writing for these characters, like this is along with everything else that has happened with the orientation film. Like this is what makes this episode so good and the flashback. And then we have this scene, which is not only the acting, the writing, the characterization, the dramatic tension. It's just so good. Uh, It's never been easy. And it's a leap of faith, Jack which ties in with um, the flashback. And then Jack uh, kind of kind of on his journey to becoming the man of faith uh, does push the button in the end. It's a two-man job, which Dick Locke, because Saeed, Hurley, and Kate are there. Uh, Jack, it's a two-man job, just ignoring everyone sexist, else. Sexist, poor uh, Kate. <laughs> sexist and fattest. <laughs> um, Is it really a two-man job? Is it not like a four-man job, like... Six hours shifts, 24 hours a day, like, you know. I mean, Desmond was doing it on his own, so technically it could be a one-man Is that ever explained again Uh, about his sleep patterns? (laughs) Like, no wonder this guy's delusional. slept every 100 minutes. He's getting 100 minutes worth of sleep, wakes up, presses a button, goes to sleep. Like, everyone at home, set your alarm every 108 minutes and wake up. See if you like it. (laughs) Yeah, but then even when they're with Kelvin and stuff, I can't imagine it would be too much better because the siren still goes off even if there's two people there. You can't push the button until the siren goes off. So can't you? Uh, you're still going to wake up. I was thinking, like, do you? Yeah, just you can't wait? just push it every five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Jack pushes it. This always irks me in TV shows. Uh, one second left on the clock when he presses the button. Like, I don't know. That's, 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 that's mean movies. As every well. TV show does it, but it's, yeah, just it's not great. as bad as what is it? Goldfinger stops on 007. Uh, so Jack pushes the button and Locke's going to set up the first shifts and that hugely dramatic moment the clock coming down Jack and Locke fighting it's a two man job why do you find it so hard to believe why do you find it so easy and Jack pushes end of episode (sighs) what a way to end an episode on top of everything else that's happening there's just so much in this 42 minutes of television I mean I'd agree with you this is definitely a, a candidate for the final five I mean this is the thing it's like We've already come up, I think, with three moments so far in three episodes. Uh, I think you and I are both going to universally agree on one moment to come later on with comes to being shot. Um, so, I mean, if we got four out of five already, uh, three episodes in, um, I mean, is Shannon's death going to be argued about? Spoiler alert. Um, I mean, it could be, mm. but it's, I don't think Boone's was more dramatic. Um, but I won't fight for Shannon's as much as I would for Boone's, but... Um, yeah, I mean, I agree with everything you said. I mean, a couple of things that I, I uh, forgot when he's through the jungle with Desmond and the way like Desmond's like, I remember you. And it's like, and that's when, you know, you, I know you said the whole I married her section, but um, I like that line when Desmond says, um, you know, well, either you'll be very right or very wrong, brother. <laughs> like, just the way he says that. Um, and it's interesting here on Lostpedia, uh, they've actually got a link here. It's for see you in another life. Yeah, you click on it and it takes you to the article of Regularly spoken phrases. <laughs> so you have A through to F. Alone. Are you him? Believe in me. Clean up the mess. Cowboy up. Dad. 
Do not miss, like, seriously. This is legitimately commonly spoken Whoa! phrases. Is that there? Uh, it's not on there. All the, du- ah. all the W's are, we have to go back. What did you do? Whatever happened, happened. Whatever you think I am, I'm not. There's a lot there. I'm not going through all of them. Um, character-specific catchphrases. My name is Henry Gale, and I'm from Minnesota. <laughs> Claire, my baby. <laughs> 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 wow. Uh, anyway, but yeah, I agree with everything you said. I mean, it's great acting. Um, the fact that it's Jack pressing the button. And I kind of like the way yeah, it ends with, uh, was it Locke who says, I'll take the first shift. Um, lost. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a great way to end the episode. So I'm just reading here, the Swan Orientation film was set, shot on the set of Alias, uh, which makes this one of the few scenes of Lost to not be shot in Hawaii. Um which I kind of like that this is supposed to be so far in the past and so mysterious that they didn't just film it like right next door. Um, just looking at this Nikki Stafford book, uh, where was I? I read something interesting here. Um, <laughs> Kate finds some Apollo chocolate bars. Um, where is it here? Sorry, here we go. Uh, so Desmond mentions he was on a race around the world uh, and it says here, the most famous solo race around the world was that of Yuri Gagarin, the first man in space. Uh, really? He, he finished his April 1961 orbit in, now this is the interesting bit, 108 minutes, which is uh, when they have to press the button every 108 minutes. So I don't believe that has any bearing on well, how the show of Lost turned out, but it's still insanely... Creepy. I that think it that's kind of like stupid, that. though, that she's going that the most famous solo around the world. Like, generally, when people assume solo around the world, they're assuming a boat, like around the world yeah. in the water. I mean, technically, not, I know she's technically right. she's right, but I mean, you know, it's not like you think of Jessica Watson and that. Who was that Jesse guy that we all learned about in high school that did it? And he was young. I don't know who he was. Um, when you go solo around the world, it's not like oh, Yuri Gagarin and like he was an astronaut. But okay, sure, Nikki Stafford. So let's get into questions and answers. I mean, I don't really have any answers, even though I feel like this episode kind of does answer things, but um, there's lots of questions. But is there any answers? I mean, it technically answers things, but not really answers. How did Desmond get to the island? Yeah, I mean, I guess we can put it there, but they expand on it more in his flashback episode, but I guess we could say it's Well, we technically know, so... um... Yeah, I mean, we could put it down here. Why is Jack's key being drawn to the wall? We don't really get that. What is the computer? You could argue the polar bear. Um, we get more of that, though, later, don't we? Season three. We get more of that, yeah. though, don't we? Yeah, what is the computer? That would be one. Uh, so there's two answers. From the same episode as well. So, um, Well, yeah, I mean, this is kind of like a trilogy, as I keep saying. What is a hurlybird? Um, do we... <laughs> <laughs> but there's lots of questions. I've got at least one, two, three, four. What is, um, oh, hang on. What about what is the deal with the numbers? Oh, okay, so that's not, no, never mind. No. Uh, so, are you ready for questions? Born ready. Uh, so, obviously, what was the incident? Would be what one. was the incident? Question mark. Which do, does get answered. Mm-hmm. Um, what is in the cut section from the film? Remember, he says, do not attempt to use the computer... <laughs> Thank you for watching the Dharma Initiative. What is in the cut section of the film? Doesn't Mr. Echo have Which that? Will or be answered. Yeah. 
Uh, I don't know if we can put this here, but I've written, is the computer real? Should that be a question? Or? Well, like, uh, it's real, but, like, do you mean, do you, is what they have to do real? Yeah. Is it a social experiment, or will the world end? Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. how would we phrase that? I think it's definitely a question. Is the number pushing legitimate? <laughs> is the number pushing... I mean, that's fair enough, yeah. That's good. Uh, and then I've got what happened to... Marvin Candle, but his name is Pierre Chang. What happened to Pierre Chang's left arm? Pierre Chang's left arm. I never noticed that in that video, but I, yeah. Um, yeah. It just does not move at all. They're the ones I've got. Was there anything um, What's the deal with Anna Lucia and the, like, has she been turned or something? Or like, I mean, I know it's, yeah. it's going to be answered yeah. next episode, but I mean, you know, we've got to be smart sometimes. <laughs> nah. Nah. Okay. I think that's it. Yeah. Am I missing any? Did you have anything? No. Or did you not write anything to <laughs> Where, Where's the chocolate gone in Kate's pants? <laughs> um, how much food will Hurley eat next week? Yeah, what what is the deal with the fat person in the... <laughs> finding food? Uh, what, happened to, what happens to Desmond? I guess it's kind of a question. Well, I mean, I think we've had what... less than that. Um, but is that really a question or more of, because technically we could then say, well, what will happen to Locke by the end? And what but, well, will I think it's, it's, but we, yeah, I mean, we've written about Walt, like who's taken Walt. Uh, so I mean, I know Locke has, uh, Desmond has been yeah, taken. chuck it in there. Uh, what, what happens to Desmond? What happens? Where does Desmond go? Desmond. What is the deal with Desmond? So for people who say that Lost doesn't answer questions, literally every question we raised then gets answered. So... Um, so <laughs> let's move into our rankings oh god um, <laughs> yeah this is definitely a buy like it's one of the most important mythology episodes but just the acting is one of the best Lost ever has like I would maybe argue this is like a top 30 episode of the show between the science and the faith and the flashback and uh, what's happening with Anna being introduced and the computer, is it real? The Jack and Desmond moments, the orientation film. Yeah, I would rewatch this episode right now. I think there's just so much packed into this episode that it's really exciting. Well, I also think, too, that given that we've possibly got two top five moments in this episode as well. So, yeah, um, yeah definitely buy for me as well. I agree with everything you say. Um, I mean, I'm looking here on the IMDb rankings, um, and they've kind of got this in the middle. Uh, orientation. It's got an 8.8 .8 really? out of 10. It's uh, sandwiched between LAX Part 1 and the 23rd Psalm. So, um, yeah, that's according to IMDb users. It is about five spots clear, six spots clear of Raised by Another. So... <laughs> <laughs> what? Yep. Uh, and it's about yes. uh, ten spots below Do No Harm. So... <laughs> Oh, I mean, that's a good one. Yeah, so there you go. That's uh, IMDb. So, yes, uh, buy it for sure. Yeah, what a great episode. And that kind of ends off our trilogy of the kind of opening episodes. And now we're into the main kind of crux of the season moving forward. Uh, and speaking of moving forward, uh, everybody hates you. Um, <laughs> you know, we just went from this hugely dramatic episode to, well, this one it's okay i guess my main problem with it is that the entire episode is really a b plot line disguised as an a plot line um 
with a flashback that's fun but not hugely important when there's other stuff we could be learning about Hurley. Um, but, you know, if there's a bit more on the hatch and stuff, it's okay. But coming off Man of Science, Man of Faith and Orientation, it's just... It's, it's one of those ones where it's just like, uh, okay, I guess. Hurley's fun. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be interesting to get in. There's some good stuff in the episode. I like it. I, I mean, I like Hurley episodes, so... You know, it's kind of fun, and I, I definitely feel for Hurley in the episode in terms of what he's trying to say. I mean, you know, the whole fat person food thing, sure. Um, do we put down a question mark about the peanut butter? Because we're going to get that one answered next episode. Um, I swear we did. Oh. No, there's no question. No, like, what would the question be? Will Claire get a peanut butter? <laughs> 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 um, which, oh, sadly we didn't, but... Um, yeah, I mean, it's got, it's, yeah, there's, there's that guy in it too, that creepy looking thin guy who's like, he was in Breaking Bad in and he was in, was it Road Trip or Euro Trip, one of those trip movies in the early 2000s, yeah, he's in everything, he's got that very distinctive, weird looking head, but um, yeah, I mean, I like it, I like a good Hurley episode, so bring it on. In the meantime, uh, subscribe, uh, send us comments, thank you, Adam Gray, Six months ago, for, <laughs> was that his name? Adam. Something. Adam something. Our beloved, Adam beloved listener. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you know, send us some emails, some Facebook messages, subscribe. Uh, I think we're on Instagram, even. Yes. Uh, let us know what you thought of this episode. Um, all that fun stuff. And in the meantime, my name has been Noah, and Namaste and good luck. My name is Ben and. See you in another life, yeah. Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net.